Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Antonio Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Is that a Ramona? Ah, ah, brown sauce yeah, is gone. Busy yeah, drinks is gone. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. It is episode 74 and the last one of the summer before the Premier League season starts. It is finally here, folks. We are finally done with games that don't count. Thank goodness. Next time we will be speaking to you, there will be games that actually matter to Spurs. And that is very, very exciting. The Premier League season is upon us and here to talk about it are three of my favorite friends. We've got Scott. He is at DSM Spurs. Scotty, what's going on? Chilling. Happy Sunday. Come off a big pro clubs tournament victory. Your European tournament over there. Uh, good result for the boys. Yo, Jay, love you guys. Um, I also, real quick, I got to ask you guys, if you can see the kid I have on, I remembered one time that Dakota and Todd really liked this kid, and it's fucking terrible. It's actually one of the worst kids you'll ever see. And if you look at it, there's a random fucking blue line that just, like, goes through it. It's not even, like, associated with, like, collarbone or anything. Weird kit, so. Scott, uh, you're, you're, wear, you're wearing an Under Armour kit, and you're talking badly about it. So you're lucky you weren't muted mid-sentence. Just stop with the Under Armour. <laughs> stop with the Under Armour slander. slander. I, like I, don't, I don't appreciate it. I don't like it at all. Uh, all right. very, that's very bad. bad. Bad job by you. Well, yeah, man, it's just it's bad kit season, so I thought right. I'd... Uh, yeah. Shuban is also with us. You probably heard him laughing in the background. He is at the real Shuban. Shubs, what's going on, mate? I'm good. Um, obviously today, obviously the whole nation celebrates. Apart from, well, sorry, Kaz. But, um, yeah, it was good to um, yeah, it was yeah, watching that and hopefully, like I said, uh, hopefully it'll be put drive interest in the women's game. If you want to hear a really good, uh, you know, women's podcast about women's football, listen to Kaz's N17 Women. Absolutely. England, our European champions, it came home. Uh, that was, that was a re- I, I unfortunately was only able to watch the second half, but my God, what a final. That was really, really exciting. Really, really fun to watch. Um, and a, a Brandy Chastain moment all, all in there as well, which I, I looked this up, by the way. I thought it was really, really wild that uh, she was, I think, a year old when Brandy Chastain uh, tore her shirt off. She was born in 98. That That's, I mean, come on, that's makes me feel really old uh caroline is also with us at cg stefko on the socials and as as shuban mentioned the n17 women's podcast go listen to that caroline how are you uh doing okay yeah the, the final was a bit tough from my perspective but I'm, I'm happy for england you know it was a hard-fought game anyone could have won so i know what it means to to the english people so i'm happy for y'all genuinely 
Um, but yeah, thanks for the plug for the for the N17 Women podcast. Um, we're definitely excited to do a preview for the tournament that's coming up pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, Spurs women will be in the States. They're going to be in Louisville, correct? Yes. Is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did that off the top of my head, and I'm glad that my memory uh, of that um, <laughs> held true. Yeah, they'll be in Louisville in a couple of weeks, uh, and then this, the women's season gets going in September. The fixtures are out for that, so um, exciting times abound. Um, but the men, of course, are getting going a little earlier than usual. Uh, because of the stinking World Cup stuck in the middle of a season. So fun, fun. Everybody have fun with that. Um, but before the season starts, Roma. <laughs> Jose Mourinho's Roma uh, defeated Tottenham Hotspur 1-0 in Israel yesterday. Um, final preseason game, final game that doesn't really matter. Um, I watched the first half of this game. I kind of watched it half-heartedly. Didn't really care all that much about it. Um, it this felt very much to me like... Uh, last day of, of summer school and just ready to be done and get, get, get onto the real thing. Um, I know Caroline, you said you kind of half-heartedly watched this as well. And I know Scott and Shuban, you guys were a little more in tune on this. Was, was there anything to take away from this game other than last bit of fitness for these guys before the season gets going or, you know, was, I, I don't know. It's, like I said, for me, it was a big shrug. I just, it didn't really matter. The result didn't matter. I don't care that they lost, even though it was Jose Mourinho and I would have loved to see Spurs go out and kick his ass. But uh, other than that, anything you guys want to take away from this game? Um, well, I think I, I commented in the group chat that Matt Darty, he did, he, the thing he used to do for Wolves when he'd come in on the blind side and cut in to like try and say so he did that. And I don't know. That's, that was something they, they, they were doing. Um, I think Longley didn't start, which I was a bit surprised about because Ben Davis is injured. So I was thinking, oh, why did you not start Longley? And when he did come, he did, when they did get him on, we saw how the fact that he has got a very educated left, not only does he have a left foot, it's very, quite well educated and he's able to find, I think he almost found Romero. They did that overlapping fullback, centre-backs thing. So that was interesting. And the only other thing that my takeaway is that obviously when, look, Jose Mourinho, apart from winning the house, obviously, was very good at closing out a one-goal lead. And um, <laughs> basically, um, I think, well, one thing we did struggle was a lack of creativity. And um, like I said, but, you know, but obviously the three players that we have that do creativity, um, um, Dan Conte is basically, the, the, you know, Winks, Baselso and Ndombele, they're not in his plans. And unfortunately, we really struggled to break down a very resolute, very, very well organized Roma defense. Although the Romero fight was kind of funny, that was <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, no, like I said, it was just yeah, it was good. Um, it, obviously, it's good, good bit of fitness, um, and it's, yeah, it's like you know, what's the point? Obviously, they're in Israel. It's, it must be very hot. I mean, it must be on what thirty-four degrees or something. So it was, must be very baking. And obviously, obviously, obviously. Uh, Dakota, he might have enjoyed seeing Dabala play, but apart from that, no, there was nothing that I thought, oh my God, this is, because uh, well, you know, I know there's a lot of fans overreacting as they tend to do, turnips, asparagus, whatever we're going to call them. You know what, these games don't count. Look, I remember a 5-0 win against Roma before the Samosa season, and everyone was like, oh my God, Bentley's this. Everyone, look, these games don't count. I mean, like, people are going crazy about, um, to go slow to a tangent, about the Czech Community Shield, and I'm like, apparently that didn't count. But when Liverpool win, though, then it counts. Do you know what I mean? It's pointless. 
when, 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 when there's something that affects like three points or a loss or you go out of a tournament, yes, that's when it counts. But this is a friendly. You get by getting minutes in your legs, by trying things, it, you know, and you know what? And there's stuff, I'm sure that Conte, I'm sure there's stuff that Conte didn't already know. Do you know I mean, there's very little that he doesn't already know, but he's got a better idea. And then yeah. hopefully, yeah, and we'll, we'll see what happens next. I think that I have a few takeaways on that note. And of course, like you said, result is not important. Conte is, is using these minutes to, to see what he can do with what's available to him and giving guys opportunities. I think my first takeaway is we really miss Bentaker. And I said that in the chat in the first half. Um, that's something we're going to have to figure out because I, I think we have very we have four very talented central midfielders, but I only see one that wants wants to impose themselves into the progression of, of our buildup and, and put himself in tight spaces and come out of them with the ball, right? And that's Ventiker. Um, when he came on for Basuma, we took control of the game and we did not have control of the game at all in the first half. And again, I don't care, but these are just things that I'm noticing, right? Um, I do think Daugherty and... Perisic are going to be our preferred wingbacks. Um, I think it's smart, right? I think that position I've said over and over is so important and is on a knife edge, right? And those guys are both older. They're both experienced, um, smart players who are well-liked in the locker room. It's dirty for sure, and it seems like Perisic is getting there quickly. And then that gives Spence and, and Sessegnon time to develop under two older, very talented wingbacks, right? So I think that's the pairing. Um, I think... The other thing that I noticed, I, I do think Sanchez started again because Davies will not be ready for the season and Sanchez has equity with Conte and Conte wanted to give him the chance to earn the start next week, but Langlet has to start for me. Um, and that's, it might come off a bit rash, but we don't have, we don't have the involvement of the, of, of Sanchez and the buildup like we did with Langley when he gets minutes. Um, there were a few times where Langley and, Romero were the two furthest up the pitch, right, in the attack. And that's what Conte wants, right? It's not mismanagement on the pitch. So um, it's very interesting. I, I do think Langley is going to slot in pretty quickly, but I do think Davies comes right back. So Sanchez, I love him. He's a great defender, but I, I think he's kind of played himself out of, of that opportunity once Davies gets back. We'll get to some of that later. But but I I know Bentegger has a start, and I wouldn't expect to see Perisic and Daugherty start as well. Well, I think with Sanchez, it's not necessarily that he's played himself out. It's that he's been playing on the left side, which we know is not his preferred position. That's where I was going to um, go. So, I, yeah, I my main takeaway from this match, which, again, I barely watched because I was watching the German Super Cup. Um, I was mainly just thinking that the starting lineup that we had for this friendly was pretty close to what we're going to see on opening day. Um, I mean, like we've talked about, Sanchez is not the preferred um, left center back. I would like to see Davis. And I had not heard um, that he was still a doubt for opening day, but maybe that's still the case. Yeah, I um, wasn't sure about that either. I think that there's a there's a yeah uh, a, a question over working his fitness back after, yeah. after the injury. So we'll see on that. Hopefully he'll be fit because he's definitely my first choice still. Um, I think Longley is impressed in, in his friendly so far. Um, but he's still got a, a ways to cement that spot, in my opinion. And the only other swap I would make is that I think Basuma is also still not quite ready. Um, and with him, I think it's more of just like a cohesion thing, like getting used to our style. But I think Benton Kerr is the player that I would rather have starting. 
Yeah, the, the, the my big takeaway what did involve Sanchez, and it was the fact that Paulo Dybala was just running circles around him on that <laughs> side. Um, it's it's it, Sanchez can be really good on the right side. I just don't think he's suited to play left center back in a three. And um, yeah, that's hopefully Davis is back. If not, hopefully Longley can slot in there. But it, yeah, that's that that was my big takeaway too. And I, Scotty, I think you're right. I think the wingbacks, and I think Basuma may not be ready to start yet, but. I think the really cool thing about all of this is we're going into a, a Premier League season where there are options, like there are options abound. And, you know, toward the tail end of last season, uh, Conte didn't have those options. He did not have options off the bench. He was relying on players um, left and right to play 90 minutes, even if they were, you know, a little dinged up. So I think that that is really quite cool. Um, the one thing that we've been kind of talking about in the last few weeks, you know, we got all these signings in, but there haven't been a ton of outgoings until at least this week. We've seen some ancillary pieces going out. Um, Troy Parrott to Preston North End, Dane Scarlett to Portsmouth. Uh, and now there's word that Joe Rodon to Wren could be completed, and that one has an option to buy. And there's also a lot of reports around Jaffa Tanganga, possibly to AC Milan, um, possibly even to Roma. There, there, there are there are smatterings of, of reports about that as well, about Jose Mourinho trying to come in and hijack a deal for Tanganga, uh, a player that he would obviously know very well and, and likes. Um, what do we make of these? I think the one that's most notable to me, I, I, I would not have expected Dane Scarlett or Troy Parrott to stick around. I think both of them getting loan deals uh, within England is a good thing. The one that is a question mark to me still, and, and Tanganga as well, but Rodon to me is a, is an interesting one because I feel like he's a guy that can play on that left side where I feel like there's still probably help needed for the future, but this has an option to buy on it apparently, and will reportedly be done by tomorrow. Um, what do we think of, let's start with specifically the Joe Rodon of it all. Uh, Shuban, what are, what are your thoughts on Joe Rodon leaving and, and could we maybe have seen the last of him? Um, well, I think Joe, also with the World Cup coming up, that's probably that main driver for him, saying, look, I need to be playing regular first-team football. Last year when Dyer was injured, he wasn't even playing Rodon. Um, and he said, like, Rodon is my like Dyer backup, but then he wasn't playing him. So um, I don't think it's the last one. So who knows? He might have a, an absolute storm of a season in France. Uh, Stade Rennes are, are a huge club in France, historically. Um, and that's a lot of money, 20 million or 20 million euros, a lot of money for them. But, um, you know what? I think I don't know if it's the last we'll see of him because, you know, it may be that I don't know in the, in the English league because they may think, you know what, we may move on past him and they think, you know what, we can flip him for something that's someone else in the Premier League for a lot more money, kind of thing. Um, I said, we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, I think Joe, it's a bit unfortunate because Joe Rodon. He's really unlucky, but you know, you, said, you talk about availability being your best ability, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been really unlucky with his injuries, or he's either been injured when you know, I know he has some. I think he broke his ribs or something back at Christmas time, and then when they're about to go to Korea, he gets injured, or he's ill, and so he can't make the Korea trip, and it's just see someone that just cannot seem to catch a break with that kind of stuff, and it just he's always had, he just can't seem to get that game of run, run games going. So I'm hoping for Stad Ren. He gets that. He does very well for Stad Ren. He does, you know, to get to obviously play for Wales. He doesn't do that well for Wales because England are playing them in the World Cup. But um, do you know what I mean? He um, hopefully does, you know, like I said, 
and then yeah, we'll go from there. But like I said hopefully you'll you know, you'll, you'll equip, you know, equate his time well there. The Japatang angle one to Milan's a bit of a weird one because if that makes sense, we'll only have five centre backs, and we play three at the back. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I got to trust the gaffer, you know, see what they, you know, and Paratici. Scott, what's your takeaway on these outgoings? Like, do any are any of them surprising to you, or because none of them really shock me? I feel like these are all guys who deserve to go play full time football if they're not going to get the minutes at Spurs. No, it doesn't surprise me at all. I expected them gone. They remind me of the guys in Football Manager, where I'm like, okay, this is the season where I really kick on, and I love you, but I have to take I have to take the fifteen that I can get for you right now to get this signing in, and it breaks my heart. Goodbye. Right, so I think that's where we're kind of at with 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 Tanganga for sure. Rodon, I don't fucking know. What a weird thing. Like the guy, it was he played like ten minutes. Mourinho sung the guy's praises. Um, I hope he does well in France. But the only thing that surprises me is it doesn't leave leave us light, and we'll get to that. But as far as these two themselves leaving, no, it doesn't surprise me like one bit. And I think it, it's a good move for the club. Kaz, what do you got on these outgoings? I mean. None of it can be shocking, but you know, center back depth. I guess if if both of both Tanganga and Rodon do end up departing, would be a little bit of a question mark. Well, we've still been, I think, kind of half expecting there to be another kind of shocking transfer incoming. So it could very well be a center back. Um, you know, Bastoni. That rumor just won't die. So don't but, don't kill it don't kill it here we want to yeah, keep it alive yeah like, I'm, I'm not interested in killing it either yeah give, um, give, give that thing cpr like let's keep that thing going with the outgoings you know i think we all agreed that it's a shame that it hasn't really worked out with tanganga since he is you know the literal definition of a homegrown player um but with Rodon, i don't i don't think we can really say that he's he has to go improve himself at Wren because we, we know that he's a capable player with the whale squad. Like he's definitely proven himself in that arena. Uh, so I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, none of the managers have, have favored him for various reasons. So I'm not surprised to see him heading out the door. Yeah, yeah, you make a good point, Carol. sorry, Andrew, but I just think it's important to bring up, you know, it's a weird situation for a lot of these outgoings because of the merry-go-round of management they've had in their time here, right? And Rodon is certainly one of them. And Tanganga. Yeah, Tanganga, Tongi, Lacelso, you name it, right? There's been a there's been a strong handful of them. So I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he was put in a situation where he could never really find a home under what was in front of him. And it's just stylistically, tactically, I'm not sure, right? Um, he definitely seems like we hear Conte come out and say that 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 Spence was a club by, but he sanctioned it, right? And loved the signing, but the club came to him and said, what do you think about Spence? I guarantee somebody came and said, what do you think about Rodon? And they're like, I don't fucking know. And they're like, cool, we think he's going to sell for a lot in the future. So we're buying him, right? Like, I don't think he was somebody that we were like desperate to sign, right? Um, so yeah, it, 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 it is what it is. And um, I wish him all the best. I think he's a hell of a player, actually. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like I said, Rodon feels a little bit like the Jack Clark signing in that it's one that we all kind of hoped on and it just never really came to. Um, Rodon is a little bit older than these other guys. He's 24, but still, like, I I think something can be made of that guy in the future, even if it's not at Spurs. With the with the two strikers, with Parrot and Scarlet, like, I, I have no, you know, Dane Scarlet is still, I think, 18. 
uh parrot is 20 yeah. these guys these guys are still super young i'm not 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 fretting about them if they turn out great if not oh well um but they, they just were not gonna see minutes in this you know attack this season um even even if you're talking about cup games and stuff like that i mean spurs just have too many options up top so no you know no fretting for me with these guys going out um, I think it's great that they're going to be able to get, you know, more full-time football. And and Parrot and Scarlett have, have already even started their seasons. Um, these guys both appeared, I believe it was yesterday, Saturday, the 30th, um, for their respective clubs. So, um, you know, good for them. And, and you know, as, as this season gets going, we'll be sure to keep an eye on them and see how things uh, turn out for them. Uh, wanted to kind of shift the conversation a little bit into, like, preview ish stuff um and before we get to kind of bigger picture kind of things um i i put together a list of a few over-unders for the season and i wanted to get your guys thoughts on them um last season we're going to start with the number of games played. this is this is the game show portion of the podcast for you all <laughs> you can you can play along in the home game uh, as we go here but Last season, Spurs overall played 53 games. They played 38 in the Premier League, obviously. Seven Conference League games. Remember that? Remember when Spurs were in the the, the Europa Conference League? Uh, they played <laughs> three in the League Cup and five in the FA Cup, if you include both legs of that disaster that was against Chelsea. Um, I'm bumping that number up for this over-under this season. I'm saying 57 and a half. Are we going over or under 57 and a half games? You've got to remember Champions League, group stage, cup matches. Where are we at at 57 and a half? Are we, are we thinking over-under? Have I set that number too low, too high? Where are we at on that? I'm going over. I mean, uh, obviously, we don't know our group stage. Obviously, we don't know who's going to be our groups kind of thing. And you might get like a nightmare, horrible group. But obviously, it's a minimum six games. But I'm hoping that um, obviously we you know we qualify from our group, and hopefully, depending on the group, we can qualify first. You know, I'm hoping I would like to see us just make through to like um, was it the round of the, the quarters? As us get to the quarters, and if you're in the last eight, you're going to see us see we go from there. But that's I think that people say, oh, Conte hasn't got you know he's got he's got bad pedigree in Europe, blah 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 blah. And yeah, and obviously the fact that Juventus did very well after he left kind of makes it makes that comparison more stark. But I think you know what we've got, you know, the players we've got, the players we've invested in. I mean, that one of the reasons that he left Juventus was he said, "Look, I need this to do well in Europe," you know, and they didn't give him that, and so he said, "That's it, I'm off." And yeah, that's and that's the, that, and that's the story he's always had. He's always a manager said, look, this is what I need. Give me this. If you don't give me that, I will walk. He did that at, at Inter. Um, I'm not saying that we've, you know, signed loads of players, but yeah, hopefully we've got enough to go there. And obviously League Cup, you know, we've got a bit more depth and we're going to have to play the players. I mean, got, you know, if you look at that squad, even if they, you know, you know we, we, I think with, plus, I don't know how the things work with the, the five substitutes rules, if that applies to the League and FA Cup, that does, and hopefully that, favors us a bit more than it does say the underdog teams yeah i would say over as well um am i playing this right you are okay <laughs> i'm like i feel like i'm having a bit of a break i'm bringing here. i'm bringing my gambling addiction yeah i'm like i'm not here. used to the betting parlance so <laughs> okay but i do think over 
Um, because for one thing, we didn't even get out of the group in the conference league last season due to a literal forfeit. So that was right. weird. Uh, we also underperformed in the FA Cup. So I definitely think we'll go farther in that this season. And, and we're in getting the to cup. It, it, yes, we're getting to at least one cup final. I, I mean, I feel pretty confident with that. So yes. Yeah. I mean, that would probably see us go over the 60 game mark, which is a lot of games. But I think I think two seasons ago, I do think Spurs ended up playing something like 61 or 62 or 63 games. I'd have to go back and look. But I did look last year, obviously, was a little bit of a, of a shorter schedule. Scotty, I, I'm assuming you're going over on this, too. You're expecting some cup runs and and for us to at least get out of the group in the Champions League, right? Yeah, I am. I think uh, I know I'm always rah-rah. We're going to win the quad and shit, and we might, but. No, all jokes aside, we're we're if you look at historically the last seven, eight seasons, whatever, we've been to a lot of cup finals and semifinals, Champions League included. We've lost a lot of finals. And like I can live with that. All the banter we get is from teams who would love to be in as many finals as we as we've been in recently, right? So we we will have cup runs and I don't think it should be a surprise when we do, right? The, this team performs in under pressure in cups, we just haven't been able to get over the line, right? In the league, we come short because we can't beat Burnley, but we like beat City and Liverpool and shit, right? So all I'm saying is cup runs are going to be there. I'm going like at least 60, 62 games next season. Um, uh, yeah, up the fucking Spurs. Let's just get the quad and do like 70. Yeah, let's let's play 90 games this year. Who cares? Let's just do, right. let's do it all. Well, then 80 with 82. We'll we'll just throw in some friendlies here and there mid season. There's there's nothing going on like in the middle of the year that would stop that, right? Like we can we can just throw all the games at these guys. Uh, all right, here's one for you guys, and and this is a this is a, what I'm gonna call an Andrew special. We're gonna talk about Ryan Sessegnon for a moment here. Uh, Sessegnon appeared in 19 games in all competitions last season, 16 starts. I'm bumping that number up as well. Does Ryan Sessegnon go over or under? 23 and a half appearances in all competitions. Scott, you first. Um, is he staying healthy is basically the question that we're asking um, here. I'm actually going to go. What was the number? I, I set it at 23 and a half. You want me to move it up higher? No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm going to say under actually. Yeah. And I think it's because of Perisic and maybe an injury, but. Um, I think I think Sessegnon needs to play a little less than than half of our games, if not even less than that, right? To continue to learn. I just said, I think that Perisic and Doherty will let Spence and Sessegnon develop, and for that reason, I say under, and I think it's perfectly fine. Kaz, what do you got on this one? You, you gonna agree, or you think Sessegnon just stays healthy and just plays all the games? I actually am gonna disagree. Uh, I'm gonna go with the over. Because you said appearances and not starts. And I yeah. think something we have to remember uh, this season is that uh, we have five subs for the league. So I could see him not necessarily, you know, getting very many starts, even with rotation for the cups, but definitely playing a big role as like an impact sub. That's a good shout. But still, he will have to be healthy in order to do that. And that yeah, is my biggest, my biggest question mark. <laughs> you know Shubon, what? you think Shubon, you think Ryan Ryan Sessignan is staying healthy this season? Oh God, you know how superstitious I am. So I'm gonna, like, can I pass this question because yes, I'm saying honestly, please. Yeah, it's tough. And obviously, look, we're not rooting for anything here. We want Ryan Sess other than for Ryan Sessegnon to stay healthy. We're I, I I say these things kind of tongue in cheek, and 
you know, I joke about his, his availability needing to be his best ability all the time, but like, it's not something that I don't want to happen. I feel like I'm the, I'm the mark here, obviously, because I always joke about this guy and not being able to still stay healthy. Right. But I mean, it's obviously something we want to happen. I don't know if Shuvan should be allowed to pass, though, because then we can't revisit um, our predictions at the end of the season. <laughs> oh, come on. Like, we're really going to revisit these. <laughs> if, if somebody wants to get in my mentions or get in the get in the podcast mentions uh, at the end of the season and call me out for them, I'll go back and look. But that's on that's on the listener. That's on the the Tottenham Depot uh, listener to, to do that. We're we're throwing these out for fodder right now. Um, here's one for you guys. Uh, Harry Kane and Hyungmin Sun last season combined for 49 goals. 52 and a half over under. Over. I'm going to go over. Over for, over for Shuban. Okay. Also over. Yeah. Also over. Kane, didn't, Kane was like trying to leave for a month last season. Okay, but here's my argument for the under. For Charleston. Decky. Whoever else in that midfield, Perisic. There's only a lot, there's one. Own there's goal. still only own goal. Own goal was, <laughs> I believe, our third leading scorer last year. There's only one ball still on the pitch, and there's all these guys that are going to have the ability to score it. So maybe the reliance on the Kane Sun partnership will not be there as much. I'm just saying, just to, just a devil's advocate argument. Do I want them to go over that number? Sure, but there's an argument for the under. Um, and that's the only argument that I would make for it. I hear you. But at the same time, I think that if we're going to be like mounting a serious title challenge or, you know, we're going to be scoring more goals in general. Like we see the top teams, they get goals from multiple players in high numbers. And I don't think that's going to be any different for us. Yeah, that's, I think, very fair. Um, all right. Here's the last one for you in terms of statistics for a specific player. We're going Dayan Kulisevsky, and if you recall, he only joined the club in January, so he made 20 start, uh, twenty appearances and 15 starts, and in those, uh, he had 13 goals and assists, 13 goal contributions in those 20 appearances and 15 starts. I'm bumping the goal assist number up to 22.5 for a full season for Decky. So we're really jacking that number up, but Kulisevsky, 22.5 goals plus assists. I'm going to go under because we're not playing Norwich <laughs> next season. <laughs> so, um, um, no, do you know what? It's so hard because you know, I, I, would have, I wanted to say over, but when you mentioned here, I thought, oh, my God, that's going to change things. I mean, these are goals and assists in the Premier League or overall? O overall. Oh, gosh. Uh, like you, 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 you have to take my first answer. So yes, I'm going to say under. It's it's, so it's tough say. though for the exact reason that I said yeah. the Kane Sun one would be tough because th there's one ball and 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 it's got to go around. And I think that there's a little bit more competition for Kulisevsky now because you've got Richarlison there. Toward the tail end of last season when he was playing all the time, there there wasn't that much competition there. But I don't know, Scott. I'm curious to hear your 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 thoughts on this. I'm going to say over. Um... I'm actually I'm not joking right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a crazy prediction for Shubon. Oh, here we I'm go. I'm gonna say Kulisevsky gets the golden boot. The golden assist, but the, the ball for the most assists. What Jesus, golden boot. No, he will not. But he I think he will he might. You don't know that. No, no, no. But 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 I have to I have to like express how serious I am when I say this. I think he will lead the league in assists next year. That's my bold prediction. 
And I say that because he's playing alongside Son and Kane, and he has absolute faith from Conte. I mean, Conte will start Kulisevsky when Kulisevsky is able to play, um, especially with regards to to his comments about how how willing he is to, to make sacrifices, you know, to, to push himself for the team. So, yeah, I think it's a huge season from him. I'm going to say over. Well, now I'm sad because Scott beat me to my hot take, which was also going to be that Kulisewski <laughs> is going to get playmaker of the year. I literally, no before we started the pod, I was like, I'm saying this by the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. All so right. we're on the same wavelength, so that's great. We'll share um, the prediction. Yes, we'll share it. We'll share the glory, too. Um, but I, I'm going to say over also, I just think it's going to be more assist than goals. Definitely. All right, here's the last one I've got for you guys, and this is an important one. Uh, Spurs last season in the Premier League compiled 71 points. I'm bumping that number up to 79.5. Do they reach the 80-point mark this season? Something that I believe they have they have not done since 2016-17, I think? No, 86. Yeah. 86. I reckon I get, I'm going to have more than 86 points this season. I'm Let's that. Fucking I'm, go. Honestly, not. I'm not obviously. I'm not going to go into as far as I Scotty this with we're going to win a quadruple or something. But um, I compare where we were last year. I think there was a lot of apathy about. Oh, I was like, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was more like go through the motions. Like, oh, I have to watch Spurs because it was like it was a um, Nuno. Do you know what I mean? But there's a lot of enthusiasm, excitement. Yes, we didn't win the. I don't know our last friendly or something. But do you know what? I look at our team and I just think we're a settled team. And the, the only issue we had last year is that we didn't have a bench. Whereas if you look at, say, some of the other clubs, they've really had to make wholesale changes to their first 11. Whether it's, you know, and some of them are positive, obviously, like Man City. I think, obviously, Paris has seen a lot more of a Holland than we, than we have. And I see she can speak a lot more about how, how, how good Holland is. But, um, do you know what I mean? That, but we don't know because everyone's like slating that he didn't do that well in, in the what in the community shield. It's like, well, yeah, but if he you know, he probably light it up in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So and Darwin Nunez, are oh, we lit it up in the community shield? Great, but yeah, you know, it doesn't count. You know, it's it's you know it's, it's not a trophy. You know, it, 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 it is a trophy. You do get like a little plaque for it, but yeah, that's it. Um, and Chelsea, obviously, you never you don't know because I I think our for me. I think our first five, first three games is a huge litmus test because those first three games are the ones we lost last year. We got zero points from those three games. And if we can get nine, seven to nine points out of those, then I can say, do you know what? We've had a huge turnaround. And I really think we can top 86 points because I think in Conte, we have a manager who can get us that one nil, you know, those one, one nil wins. They did got for Chelsea, that got them over the line. And if Kane is not taking free kicks, and uh, you know we're going to score some a lot more goals. Everybody's bitching about the Kane taking free kicks. It cracks me up to know. If end. someone wanted a really hot take, they would definitely say you know something like Kane's going to score a free kick this season. I'm not saying that. Well, we mentioned that. we mentioned last year, last year, last week on the podcast, uh, our buddy Nathan A. Clark from the Extra Inch. I think he said he's scoring four this year. Score scoring four off free kicks this season. Like, I, I definitely think he gets one. You do. I don't. 
Wow. That, 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 we're going to hear this. That, over under. So, you, so what is that? So, you're going to go for one, and that's your. And so, one is your over under, right? So, now make it two is your over under. So, I'm going for two, and then what? You're going for under under that, right? I mean, Caroline certainly yes. is. I, I think I think if you take that many of them, you're bound to 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 at least make one. Um, look, the, the the point total thing for me comes down to something that you know Scotty mentioned earlier, and I think I mentioned a week or two ago, ago on the pod, where it's going to come down to for Spurs is if they can beat the Burnley-esque teams. Obviously, it's not going to be Burnley this season, but if they can beat the Forests and beat the, the you know, the Southamptons and the, you know, those tricky teams that 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 tend to be hiccup teams, obviously Spurs can can maintain a level and even play up at times to Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea, whoever, but can they go and beat the teams that they're supposed to go beat and not drop points in those matches? That's going to be, that's going to be the real key for me. Um, can they, you know, can they go to, to, to wolves on a, on a tough night weather wise and, and get the three points and not just settle for a one, one um, that's going to be the, the, the whole key, the whole, the whole key to the season unlocks with that. And if they can go do that, I think they can, can have a successful season. Um, if they can't, that's, that's what will happen. Um, big picture wise, I, I, I did kind of start you guys out before we started recording with, I, I told you, I was going to ask you what your, your big picture, biggest question mark is going into the premier league season. And I'm curious to get answers from you all now. And I want to start with Caroline because I know you said you had one and I don't want it to be stolen by one of these two bozos. Uh, because you've had you've you've already had thoughts taken <laughs> already during the pod. So, what is your biggest question mark for Spurs going into the season? Your biggest doubt? What what are you most afraid of? Uh, this actually ties in perfectly with what you were just talking about. You know, with beating those lower table teams who sometimes play the low block. My question is: Have we added enough creativity to the squad to break down those kind of teams? So that's that's still my biggest concern because um, I, I know we have Parasitch we brought in who has upgraded our crossing ability immediately. That's great. Um, I think that Basuma, when he gets bedded in, probably could be a, a good source of creativity from the midfield. But, you know, the question mark is still there for me. Well, I'm kind of glad that you um, got you kind of um, got uh, Kaz to sort of because I was about creativity as well. So Kaz... I yield the floor to you on that. But yeah, creativity, I think that is, you know, that is an issue. I mean, we saw that yesterday, but I, mean, I think, you know, I think I hinted at it earlier. I mean, like our, our three quite creative players are players that Conte doesn't rate, you know, and he's basically said, look, you're not in the Korean squad. They weren't in the Korean squad, that's why, and they haven't played any of their friendlies. I think, apart from making them train, making them train separately, kind of thing, when obviously the season starts, I think those players are going to be going out. So yeah, I think we we do need to address that. I don't know why we've not addressed that. Is it numbers? Is it just like we need to shift players on now because we, we've got a bloated squad, um, obviously, so they can have to get players on. So yeah, I mean that is the issue. I've, obviously, people have different theories. I mean, I think I mean Todd went into one yesterday about Madison, but. I think the problem I have is creativity is that we have such a set team. Our 3-4-2-1, 3-4-3-1, call it, 
if you're going to get a creative player in, especially in a World Cup year, it's going to be so difficult because you're asking someone to come on when plan A isn't working, kind of thing. And if plan A isn't working, that's when you come on. That's a hard sell. I'm sorry. I just don't know how you sell that somebody. I can see, like, say, Kaz spoke about Bastoni earlier. I think, yeah, that can happen because, you know, one of the centre-backs can get injured, so they can play, you know, either centre-back or left-centre-back. But basically, we're hoping that we want, we kind of hoping that we get a creative player in because planning doesn't work. So something has to go wrong, so I think, or plan it, so therefore we need to get a creative player in. And so I just don't know how we sell that to a player. I mean, someone like Madison, I think Newcastle have been put in a bit of a bed. They can play stupid wages because of their, who owns them. And they can say, do you know what? We can build a team around you. But our team is built around Simon Kane and Lloris and Romero. I just can't see someone else that we can bring in to say that, do you know what? Come in for however much, but you're not going to be starting a lot of games because this is our standard formation. You're only going to come on if something goes wrong or we think that we need to, we're playing like, I've, I've no idea what Forest play like anymore because I haven't seen it for a long time, but we're playing a team that's going to sit deep against us. It's also important to dangle the carrot of something Caroline mentioned earlier, which is the five subs. You know, that, that I think brings a, a whole new dynamic into this season in the Premier League. And it's so, it's so interesting because other leagues have been doing it really since, since COVID came about. And um, now that the Premier League is going back to it after doing it in what was that, you know, in 2020 or in 2021, I guess they did it. Um, now, you know, it's going to be right back to it, but Scott, do you have a, a biggest question mark for the season that you want to get off your chest? Like, what are you most worried about? Or you could just tell me you're not worried and we're winning the quad too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that's kind of your style anyhow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll win the quad regardless. But no, <laughs> my 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 concern is Dyer's backup. Um, and I'm not I'm not a doomsday you know uh, propagator here. There's a lot of folks on Twitter who are are still upset with the window because of our lack of bringing in another center back. That's not what I'm getting at. It. I think it's important, very important for me to separate myself from that group, right? But I I I think Langley can play in the middle. Um, which brings Sanchez in. And I just, I love Sanchez and I feel like I pick on the dude and I, I love him. I think he can go anywhere and have a great career, very talented player, but he's just shaky and his confidence seems to lack. And in the middle, he, he has to play off of somebody. I've talked about this before. He can't be the one like driving the decision-making. It's not, does not work. The center person has to do that. Langley would go there, would bring Sanchez in. I'm a little bit concerned there. You never move Romero ever. I'm a firm believer that, you keep the best the best players on the field play their positions right and i think when i look at there's two people on the team who i feel confident saying are better than anyone else in their position and it's kane and romero and the romero is probably a bit of a like what do you wow that's crazy but i feel very strongly about that so and i'm saying right center back right not center back in general but um you never move him so i'm just a little bit concerned about what happens if dyer goes down Dyer is a fucking workhorse and, and he will push himself as, as far as humanly possible for the squad. But who backs him up is my question. Yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt about it. And it's also important to note that we're, we're having this conversation about question marks when there is still literally one month left in the window where, you know, we talked about 
creativity. We talked about center back depth, like more things can still happen. I think that we saw this big wave of players and what is it? Six now that have been brought in uh, this summer. I, I might, I might be off on that number because I've, I feel like I've lost count, but um, you know, more can still happen with another month to go. And, and the cool thing is as Spurs fans, we're so used to waiting this long and for something to happen and for things happening in the final days and weeks, but a lot has already happened and more still can, which is kind of cool. Um, my biggest question mark going into this season, it's not even really Spurs specific, but I'm going to relate it to Spurs. It's it's more just with a World Cup in the middle of a season, how the hell does all of that play out? And the way that it's Spurs specific for me is that Spurs are going to have a lot of players participating in the World Cup, um, more than most teams probably. So how does that affect specifically Spurs players? You know, we're, we're going to see a lot of that going on. And it's going to affect every team in different ways throughout the world, really, obviously. Uh, all the different leagues are going to have this going on. but with And it's not just during the World Cup. I want to see how it affects Spurs in terms of the month of October and the month of April, where those fixture lists are just so jam-packed. Um, I'm really interested to see how all this plays out. It, it makes this season an extremely weird one. It makes it an extremely... Um, difficult one to stomach because you just there's so much unknown and so that's my biggest question mark quite literally in that sense is that we don't know how everyone's going to to react just physically and mentally and there's just gonna be so much football to watch starting this week uh over the next eight nine months uh it's, it's gonna be a lot i think well first of all like just talk comparing us to say our, the, the, our big four rival big five rivals they also have a lot of international players that are going to go into the World Cup. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to be as affected. I mean, in terms of that particular quintet of Sexta or something, you know, so that'll be interesting to see how that happens. Obviously, I was there when Wayne Rooney had his horrific injury. Not Wayne Rooney. Michael Owen, sorry, had that horrific knee injury. But that can happen to any player. I mean, that is one of those weird outliers things. But no, I mean, and obviously, again, in Champions League, you have the same thing. So I think... In our competitions, our main competition won't have that issue. It's against the teams that you talk about, the Burn, not the Burnleys, the Burnley-like teams who you know, don't have as many internationals, you know, who, will, who will be fresher because their players haven't gone. I mean, like, players like Aston Villa, Aston Villa, I mean, like, I don't see Danny Ings going to the um, World Cup, uh, which, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully there's a whole bunch of players I don't, 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 don't get picked for England. But uh, I think we have Gareth Southgate as manager, so who knows? But um, do you know what I mean? We've got, you know, so I think those teams, like your, your Aston Villas, possibly your Everton, I'm trying to think who else really, maybe, I think there also quite a few Portuguese players who are like key for them. But I think definitely your Aston Villas, I'm trying to think who, who else really, that have that have internationals and that would be affected. I, I think that's the only team I can think of really on top of my head. Yeah, I, honestly, this season... I I predict firmly that we'll get second place. Like, that's my on-record prediction. But I think the World Cup is going to cause something weird to happen this season. Just very weird. And, and, and I'm not even being funny when I say this. Like, what's a weird thing that could happen in England, right? Tottenham Spurs, win. Spurs could win the league. Yeah, that's, that's the weird – that would right? be one like, of the weirdest things to happen, is. yes. Like, no, Leicester I, won I, the I league. And, like, yeah, and, like, we still think Spurs winning the league is impossible, but Leicester won the league, right? So, like – Right. It, it, I love the shirt. Thank you. So, I, I really mean it. Like, 
we're we have Antonio Conte. If we didn't have him, I wouldn't be saying this, but we're gonna have a break of X amount of weeks to look at what's happened in the table, look at who we had the first five weeks of the second season that we really have, right? Maybe bring some guys in, like really prepare ourselves for some interesting things and just look at this in a way that no one on record has ever been able to look at a Premier League season. So yeah. it's yeah i just i'm just putting it out there like some weird shit's gonna happen this year and let's believe right so good shirt andrew let's believe it, it would for be for listener context uh andrew is wearing his ted lasso believe shirt <laughs> exactly an audio medium in a visual world so we will yeah, give no. lots of a free plug on this show more than happy to fantastic well, show yeah former former tottenham Hotspur manager ted lasso uh <laughs> before we get out of here i am regretting what I'm about to do, but I'm going to turn it over to Shuban because he has hot takes he wants to deliver or what he calls Scott takes because they're just ridiculous enough to be almost out of the mouth of Scott, but this time they're coming out of the mouth of Shuban. So Shuban, what do you want to throw out there for everyone to react to? Okay. Miss my Scotty take is that Oliver Skip will start in the world cup final. Um, and, of, uh, and Qatar. Yeah. And because, because, because you know what? He came home today and he's going to come home once more. All right. There you go. Honestly, by the way, by the way, you ruined the bit when you call them Scotty takes. You have to call them Scott takes because then it rhymes with hot takes. Like that's, that's Gosh. the whole bit. Ooh, you know, what if I started a podcast on my own called Scott? Takes? <laughs> <laughs> the world is not ready for that. <laughs> you know something? Uh, I, I think the world is I ready for that. I think. I think you we just what? cleared. A, I think we just cleared a spot at the depot. Scott's gonna go off and do Scott takes. And <laughs> now, I'm putting the word yeah, out now. I've got to replace Scott on the phone. Hey, everyone who's hearing the show is hearing the birth of Scott takes live. A weekly, a weekly, this hot take, 15 minute zinger for you listeners. Let us yeah. know if you're interested. I'll be so excited to Twitch. Look, here's the thing. I know I'm gonna go with that. Um, there are only um, two English players that play as sitters. For their respective clubs, I don't see Calvin Phillips getting a lot of games for Man City. Um, and you know what? I can see, and people may say Oliver Skip, he, he's going to get overlooked because obviously it's because he was he was injured for a lot of last season, and obviously with Bruno Basuma and also brought Benson Corrin last season. But I've been watching this kid. So when we first got back in the Champions League, um, I didn't notice that there was the thing called the youth league. Why would I pay attention to that kind of thing? And then I saw this kid. And I just thought, wow, this kid's amazing. He, this was back in 2016. And he, uh, he was just like, oh, my God, this kid's, this kid's brilliant. He has more time than the other players. And he's going to go on and do really well, really well. Not, not for us, someone else. Luckily, he's gone to do very well for us. And do you know what? When Dyer, who should also get, ahead, get picked in the squad ahead of fucking Aaron Maguire, you know, and, 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 and um, uh, what should we call it? Um, Oh, Skippy and Kane lift that World Cup. Sorry, Skaz, it's coming home. I don't care. And, and, to, and to you Americans, it's coming home. It came you home. Know. It came home today in front it's of 87. It's coming, it's coming home for both. It's coming home, coming home for both of us. 87,000 packed Wembley, a, a, a UEFA yeah. record. It was really cool to see, as we mentioned at the top. Um, yeah, no, that, uh, that's, that, is a, that is a hot slash Scott take uh, that, that Oliver Skip will be starting in the World Cup final. That would be, um, that would really be something. Um, all right, really, really, before we get out of here, I want to test Scott because Scott, as, as many people know, always forgets when Spurs play. 
uh, and always has to wake up at the last second on the West Coast and realize, oh, shit, we're playing today. So, Scott, I want to ask you, who do Spurs play to start the Premier League season? Do you know the answer to this question? I honestly have no fucking Yes, I knew I could get him. I knew I could get him. Uh, is, it, is this Southampton? Is it, it is Southampton. Southampton. Okay. It, is, it is Southampton. Well done. Well I, done. I, I, that, was, that was a guess for sure, but it was close to like a 50. It, it felt good to guess. You, you, I, you are – you. listen, I will applaud you for saying that you didn't know and that was a guess. You did get it right, so I will applaud you on both ends. You got it right and you really didn't know. So. I, Congrats hey, to you. I will say, any Seattle Spurs earmuffs. I don't know when the game is still. It's Saturday it, or Sunday. It's Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Okay, thank you because I am <laughs> in charge of yes a gathering and an. Event. I will. I will remind you. <laughs> don't chair, worry. As a chairperson for Seattle, Spurs, <laughs> and I need to be there. So thank you. Oh, uh, 7 a.m. Saturday, cat. 7 a.m. Saturday. I knew that would be the best way to end the podcast. Uh, to, to test Scott on that. Well, we, we, maybe we'll make that a new segment. But before every week, we'll ask Scott who we play next week and what day it's on. Uh, and and you know, but if I do that, he'll probably end up trying to study or writing it. Add some spice to it. Like what time zone will it be on? It's like you can't just ask him in like Pacific yeah. time zone. Be like Central time zone or Mountain time zone <laughs> or Eastern time zone. I'm not going to complicate it for Scotty any more than I already have. Uh, yeah, Southampton to open the season next Saturday, and we'll be back with you next week to recap it. We finally have games again, guys. This is fun. We're going to get to uh, get out of the summer doldrums and the games that don't count, and talk about ones that do. Uh, running it around here. Scott is at DSM Spurs. Shuban is at the real Shuban, and Caroline is at CG Stefko. Scott, did you want to? Did you want to offer a score prediction for next weekend? Go ahead before we get out of here. You're muted, so if you're going to do it, you've got to unmute yourself. <laughs> Sorry for those who don't know. I just said in the group chat, "Hey, maybe we can do a score prediction." So here we are. All right, I guess I have to now. You have to. You 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 put it out. I'm not making one. You're making one. Go ahead. Well, shit, we'll go with the easy answer that I always give. Nine nil, Spurs nine nil, probably. nine nil Spurs. All right, know. cool. Uh, Sounds no, honestly, I'm thinking a good two nil. I really am, and I think Kane gets a goal, and I think, uh, I think Richarlison actually gets a goal off the bench. Two nil. Um, that, that would be fun. Well, that would be that would be amazing because Richarlison's banned for that game. So thank yeah, you. It, it, it would be amazing. amazing. That would be amazing. Setsky will get a goal. Actually, I take that back. Good memory, Shuvan. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Right, I'm, I'm gonna give it up to Kane free kick. Uh, yeah, Kane free kick. Kane free kick. I don't know. Which is more likely? Which the All right. I've given out the socials. Caroline, last word. Uh, last word. Sonny loves a goal against Southampton, but I agree with Scott's 2 0 prediction. That would be mine as well. Perfect. I'm not making one because it's not something that I do. We've given out the socials. We'll also tell you at Tottenham Depot on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Leave us a rating and review. We'll talk to you next week after a 9-0 or maybe 2-0 victory over Southampton to start the season. And we'll be rolling from there, folks. The pods will be coming thick and fast just like the game. So until next week, this has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, for what really makes this happen. Supporters make this club 
and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>